Grace and peace to you. Welcome to Cornerstone. Don't worry, it came at the right time. Usually, I host you at the beginning of service. My name is Aaron Trung. We are so delighted to have you with us for Sunday service. We know that the last couple of months has been really limiting of how can we gather. Most of you are used to going to the Reardon campus, the Mission campus. I just miss seeing you all in general in person. Wherever you're gathering with us, either in your house, maybe this Sunday is in a different part of your home or you're in a different part of San Francisco, a different county, a different state, or even a different country. I've been joining our post-service chats on Zoom, and it's been amazing to see how people have been viewing us from Montreal, Canada to Dubai. Isn't that crazy? Dubai. I'm new to our church. I'm new to our community. I'm new to the pastoral staff as a community callous pastor. And what I get a chance to do is to love our community, to enhance it, to bless it, to push people to fellowship, camaraderie, to be in a community with Jesus. I can't think of a better way to serve you. And it's been a joy to do that. You know, pre-COVID, um, I got a chance to serve with so many of you from our Sunday services, our pre-marriage courses, even joining with you on our SF food banks. But post-COVID, it's been crazy just to find ways to be a community online from our community chats, from our Club 456, Thursday lunches, and a plethora of ways that we are trying to engage with you as a community. It is hard, but that's where life, life is not new. Life is old. For all of us here, where are you right now in life? What's a word that can best describe how you're feeling? Maybe that word changes every minute, every hour, every day, every week, every month. And we want you to know that we're doing life together right now. All of us are. And for some of you, life is great right now. You're actually um, doing well and overcoming things and learning new ways to to live. Some of you, it's been such a heartache. You're lamenting. It's been challenging. There's so many different spectrums of it. We want you to know that we acknowledge it and that we want to be with you. And we're currently on a series called Up and Over, the Overcoming Life in Faith. And today, I know most of you might feel that you're not going up and over, you're going back and down. And that life right now is just so confusing. But I wanna say thank you. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for being here right now. There is a joy and a hope because of you and because of what God is doing right now for you to be present. I know the opposite has felt that maybe there is the opposite of joy and hope. There's discontentment and just being not connected. And we all have faced or been in positions of both joy and hope and discontentment and disconnection. And I want to say this, that we are here as a community. Pastor Terry asked me to come and share about my faith story. And what is a faith story? A faith story is about how Jesus came in my life to have a personal relationship with him. And I acknowledge that he died on the cross for my sins. Most of us have heard the gospel or the good news. And what the good news is that Jesus came on earth to walk with us, to die for us, to be risen for us because he is our Lord and Savior and that we are worth of why he sacrificed his life. Today's sermon is titled Serve. And speaking of serving, Pastor Terry has been serving our church, a cornerstone in San Francisco for over 30 years, three decades of being in San Francisco, being a pillar, our shepherd, and unwavering to the culture of preaching the gospel. 
I just want to say thank you so much for your leadership and, and who you are. And this year, Pastor Terry and Pastor Cheryl have been married 36 years with their four kids and one grandson. It's a joy for us to see an example of the gospel, an example of faithfulness. Brisbane family, thank you so much. PT, Pastor Cheryl, you got married when I was two years old. I just, I just want to throw it out there. I just want to say, will you pray with me, church? Father God, thank you for this time that we come before you. And acknowledge that you give us hope and joy through all seasons. Despite what is going on in our world, there are some harsh realities, some evils out there, some things that we are such in despair for. But Lord, may you rectify it. May you show up. May you give your grace and mercy because you are good. Amen. Growing up, getting to know my faith, I began to discover the Bible. And what does scripture have to say about life? And so someone gave me a Bible and said, on, I want you to open up to the Gospels right in the middle of the New Testaments and check out the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I want you to read it for yourself and see how God can speak to you about life. As I began to be intrigued by the words, I saw letters in red and I said, who or why is these scriptures in red and said, on these are Jesus' words. That intrigued me. And one word that intrigued me the most was the word serve and servants. Why did Jesus come on earth to serve us? Why did he not seek us to serve him, but he became a servant to serve us? And I began to be more intrigued. And today we're going to go into the gospel of Mark chapter 10, verses 35 to 45. And what's happening right now is that Jesus and his disciples have been healing, loving, caring, all these different towns that, and cities that were going through. And they're on the way to Jerusalem. Jesus by then had already predicted his death two times. And here he is walking with his disciples to show them what, it, what does it mean to be a servant. Then James and John, the son of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. The sons of thunder whom Jesus called were asking Jesus to say yes to a question that he hasn't even heard yet. And in this moment, Jesus is showing them his servanthood. And this is how he replies. He says, you don't even know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? These are two sacramental imagery that's related to baptism and the Lord's Supper. You see, we gather as a community, as a church, because of the fellowship of Christ, what he did for us. And that's why it's, this is so important, why we serve Jesus. We serve a living God. They reply, we can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you would drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at the right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they've been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Now the disciples were a band of brothers, a band of misfits, serving one another, caring for one another, loving one another, but they also were very selfish. They wanted to serve themselves to see their position of high rank. Who could be the best with Jesus? Now Jesus said that to the left or right, suffer him to say, because it's part of God's plans. And this is a foreshadow between Jesus himself, between 
two sinners, to the left and to the right, when he was crucified. You see, Jesus serves them despite their limited understanding of what Jesus was trying to do, trying to model servanthood to them. Jesus called them to, to them to gather and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. Jesus' teaching about servanthood was so key right here. See, the kingdom way was to not to be first, but to be a servant. And not just to be a servant, but lower their servant, to be a slave. Jesus was talking about himself, that he was preparing to serve not his disciples, but to serve the world as a slave. Verse 45, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. We're going to come back to this verse, verse 45. We're going to camp out. The words served, serve, and ransom have left an imprint on my heart when I came to know the Lord. You see, no one expected Jesus to come to be a servant, let alone to die as a ransom for the sins of the world. The word ransom means the, the price that was released. The disciples would later on become apostles, and they would fully understand what it means to serve and to be a ransom for what Jesus did. Each of them will have their own faith story. Jesus doesn't waste any life lessons. He teaches and demonstrates the disciples will do the same, and we have a chance to learn and do. You see, this scripture to me, Jesus modeled for me how to be a servant. Now, a faith story brings Jesus to life. In any story, there's a climax part of a story where it reaches its high point, the turning point, the point of which the greatest suspense is. And for me, I want to share with you the climax of my faith story. So let me share with you my faith story. Growing up, I had a, a fancy for cars. And so I had this giant six foot poster of a Ferrari Tessarossa on my wall. It was six feet wide and it had a cherry red Ferrari Tessarossa. And it looked something like this. And you know, my dad got me this when I was probably in third or fourth grade. I still have it. It's missing and windshield wipers and things are chipped and broken. And it's, uh, it's beautiful. You know, I still have it till today. I'm very blessed by that. But usually when I slept next to the poster, my door was open. And depending how big the fight of my parents were happening, the door would be wider or more closed. See, my parents fought a lot. They fought verbally and physically. And this fight in this particular night was different. You see, my mom was yelling and hitting my dad. That never happened. What happened is that my dad gambled away our entire life savings, every single one of it, to the point for us to be on the streets. We ended up losing our home because he was six months behind the mortgage that we didn't pay. So mom was tucking me in. She was crying. I was crying. She told me that everything was going to be okay. I knew it was not going to be okay. So right then and there in that moment, I asked God, I prayed to him and said, God, allow my family to be okay. I prayed in English and Vietnamese because I didn't quite know if God understood 
my ethnic tongue or English. But what came true of this request would take years, years for me to see through God's plans for me. You see, I'm a refugee. I'm an immigrant. I grew up on welfare. I grew up with mice and cockroaches. I have learning disabilities that limits me. I have a stutter. I have a speech impairment. I grew up in the part of San Jose called the East Side of San Jose, where we call it the hood. I'm a victim of physical and mental abuse. I'm a walking example of trauma and dysfunction. You see, growing up, my parents taught me how to lie, to steal, to hustle, to be indignant. While other parents were teaching their children to be respectful, to be kind, they taught me how to hustle, to cut corners, to take what I want, to steal it. My parents were selfish. They didn't know any other way because no one served them, no one taught them, no one loved them. So they just loved themselves and they did their best for their children. So I drank from their fountain because there was no other fountain for me to learn to grow from besides my parents. I knew there was more. I knew there was more. And so by the time I was a senior in high school, my parents would end up in prison, my mom and my dad. How did it get to this point? I never once blamed them. I never once asked for help because I was so ashamed of who I was and where my family was. So it's one day in high school, I get this really good deal, a two for one. A girl that I liked said, if you wanna be my boyfriend, get to know Jesus and I'll be your girlfriend. I said, that is a sweet deal, yes. Even though the relationship did not work out, my relationship with Jesus was the best part of the deal. And I began to walk with Jesus in high school and into college. I began to understand what it means to see Jesus as a servant and why I served him because he served me. I'm gonna fast forward to a month before I got married. I'm in the car with Troy. Now you don't know who Troy is because Troy is my daddy. I call him daddy for all these years because of how much I loved him and cared for him. But I call him Troy now because how can a man who abused my mother, did this to our family, all the things that I can't unsee and undo, how can I call you my daddy? You're just Troy. Your American name is just Troy. So Troy and I were in this car. I don't know why we're in this car. It was in a van. It was beat up. The windows were locked up. It's hot, stuffy. He turns to me and says, son, I love you so much. I'm so proud of you. You're getting married. At that moment, God came down into my heart and said, on, you are going to reconcile and forgive your daddy. I said, Troy? No. Do you know what Troy did to my mom, to our family, to me? You were there. You've seen it. I tried to prevent all the abuse, all the stress, everything. You want me to forgive him? No way. God said, on, 
I gave you Jesus. Jesus came and died for you and your sins. He forgave you. Your daddy doesn't know how to be served because he was never given an opportunity to be served, to be loved by my son. Again, on, do you want to forgive your daddy? Because my son, Jesus Christ, died on the cross for you. I'm looking at Troy. I'm looking at my heart. I'm looking at Troy. I'm looking at my heart. And before you know, my, my tears start streaming from my eyes. I made the decision that I wanted to forgive Troy. And when I looked at Troy again, I saw my daddy. I saw a daddy that didn't have an opportunity to be served by Jesus, to be loved, to be forgiven, to be reconciled. Because someone who reconciled, served, and loved me. Daddy was the last person I saw on my wedding day. It's been 13 years of an amazing relationship. It hasn't been easy. It's been hard. It has been ups and downs. But we have a mutual respect, a love of one another, of how to serve one another. He doesn't know Jesus yet. Daddy, if you're out there, I love you so much. You are my earthly father because my heavenly father loves you and has given me an opportunity to serve you. I love you so much, Daddy. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served. Jesus was my climax. He was my up and over. I'm able to overcome because of what Jesus did. You see, Jesus came not to be served. Jesus came to be a sacrificial servant, not just for me and Daddy, but for all. Like, I tried all the ways to go up and over on my own. Like, in middle school, in high school, in college, the culture pulls you left and right. You want to be cool. You want to be popular. You want to get to the next thing that makes you the quickest money. Right? Your shoes, your clothes, your hair, your gel, your moose, or whatever you try to do to be the best to get over. Jesus was the only one that you go up and over. And when I realized that, that opened my eyes to how Jesus, Jesus served us. William Blake has a famous quote and it says, no bird soars too high if he soars with his own wings. I never understood this quote until I realized that when I finally understood who Jesus was in me, that it is him who allows me to have the unlimited opportunities and abilities for me to soar because what he's given me. You see, it's not who you are, it's whom you belong to. Whom you belong to is the Lord. There's unlimited things you could do with him. When I went up and over, I began to practice the ways of Jesus. I started loving, I started caring, I started serving others. I began to understand fully because of whom served me first. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. When Jesus gave me a family to serve, it was so different. I didn't fully understand what was given to me. My amazing wife, Ichan Trung, this is us 20 years ago. 
we met in college at San Jose State. Uh, I guess you could say we're college sweethearts. And um, been together for 16 years, been married for 13 years. And Ichan, you were the love of my life. You've given me the reason of why I want to serve our Lord and our family unto Him because of what you've given us. We have two beautiful daughters, Karis, who is 10, Addie, who is five. And I would never imagine that God would give me a family to love and to have. You see, I had my own family of dysfunction, of weary and trials. And I thought that how can I bring all that experiences into my my family? I found my own. And so I thought that God would never give me a family. But Jesus says, oh, and I, I served you. And since I served you, you will know how to serve your family of origin where you were born, you were raised, but you will get a chance to serve your own family. That prayer for me, that I ask God for heaven to be okay, continue to play out in my life. I didn't expect that my parents who didn't serve me would become a model for me to see how Jesus served me and for me to have my own family to serve. Like serving your family is not about being perfect. Serving your family is about being imperfect. Here in our community, there are so many different families, so many different levels, and so many different ways that you can serve one another. Like I know firsthand that com how complex and challenging it is to serve your current family where you were born and you were raised, but also your family right now. Look, we're able to overcome anything in the name of Jesus because of what he has already done. Means that your dysfunctions, your trauma, your hurt and your pain, we're gonna work through it together because becoming selfless is to recognize that we are selfish. Overcoming pride, loving our children, caring for our spouse, loving on your marriage and working on it, really working on it, healing conflicts, fighting for peace, creating opportunities for reconciliation is something to be learned. It's not innate in you. It takes time to accomplish these things. We're going to do it together. You're not going to do it alone. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give the life as a ransom for many. Jesus gave me my calling to live. When I gave, when I woke up to that calling to live, I began to fully understand that it was my choice to begin to serve others because of what Jesus did on the cross for me, how he served me. And so I began to relate, to share my trials and tribulations of who I was. I'm no longer ashamed and I wanted to aid others. So the last 17 years of serving God's kingdom has been amazing. Serving people has been a joy. Some of you may recognize my faith story as your faith story. Maybe some of you could be in my shoes, in the rooms, even see, even taste what I feel from what happened in my family. And I want to say that empathizing with God's creation and stepping into people's situations and places and life gives us an opportunity to serve others. Serving God's people, regardless of color, creed, stories, 
likes, locations, dislikes. I also want to say that if your life is messy right now, it's okay that it's not okay. You know, serving you allows you to see how Jesus is serving you in the midst of all things. And right now, there's some incredible evil, sinful things that's going on, not in just the world, but also in you. And I want to say that Jesus gives you hope and a joy. When I was in high school, my youth pastor, Mr. Rick Shin, gave me something that's laminated. You know that anything you get that's laminated, it's really important, right? He gave me this track. It was the road to salvation. He said, on one day, you're going to serve others and you're going to bring people to know the Lord. And I said, Mr. Shin, how, how, I'm trying to learn how to understand to be served and to serve the Lord, let alone serve others. He says, time will tell because the Lord has you. Everything's going to be okay. Romans 10, 13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I wanted to give you an encouragement of my faith story and to see how that there is the capacity of our pains can turn into a story of God's grace just for you and also for me, but also for everybody else. No matter what point you are in your faith, there's a climax that if you're waiting for from God to bring you up and over, I want you to know that it's been paid for in full from Jesus. It's never too late to rediscover your faith story or to start your faith story. My story is just to inspire you. The Lord gets other glory. So will you pray with me? Father God, you are the creator of this universe. You love, you seek out ways to give us hope and joy. And right now, Father, I ask you to give people encouragement, insight, wisdom, and your plans for them to go up and over to have their life in you. Because Father, you are so good. You know, you know the plans for us. And so Lord, may you reveal to us to acknowledge you so that, we, so that we will have the good news. Amen. At this time, we have our time of giving and tithing. Thank you so much for ways you want to give digitally online or through the app or analog through the mail. You've been such a blessing to our community and ways that you've been supporting and encouraging. We're going to continue our Sunday worship. Also, PT is going to come in and give us a final thought and a blessing. I love you, Cornerstone. I'll see you soon. I see the evidence.
thunder and the wind obey at the command of my father father i send my feet upon your mighty hope we appreciated what we had a chance to hear today. Uh, the vulnerability, I mean, of uh, on Pastor On was, was just something to me that I think is worth acknowledging. And um, sometimes we forget the stories of people all around us. We all have a story of God at work in our lives. No one is actually even in this moment without the Lord having drawn you in some way into his love. You know, the Lord came to serve and he gave everything. And he reminds us that we too are to be servants in his name. That the fact is that our life has been touched. And if it has been, then we are to share that good news that we are to love one another. And we are to love the people God gave, has given us to love. And we are to be blessers and life givers. That's right, we are. By this, Jesus said, all men, all people will know that you are my disciples. He, he said, if you have love one to another, our faith needs to show up in our closest circles. Yes, it needs to flow out. It does. And I'm hoping we'll be able to be more and more a part of what the church is trying to do in terms of pushing outward to be a blesser and part of a solution. But at the same time, God wants us to love the people he's given to us and serve them well even as he has loved us. You know, hey, he's so good, he's so God. And he wants us to so good and to so God. My prayer is that you would be strong in the Lord and you would be encouraged. May he keep you spirit, soul, and body in every way. Keep us, yes, Lord. And may he always remind you how loved you really are. Be blessed this day, this week. In Jesus' name.